Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. I hope you all have been checcking out the website, steelcurtainnetwork.com, and even checked out fansfirstsports.com, where we've got some really cool stuff working from college football, Major League Baseball. Of course, we've got the NFL covered. But make sure you're checking out those two websites if you haven't yet. Again, steelcurtainnetwork.com and fansfirstsportsnetwork.com. Com. We've got a lot to talk about today. In the second half of the show, we're going to update DEFCON levels. Now, I shouldn't say update. This is going to be new starting points for this 2023 season. You know, some of my ride or die crew have asked periodically throughout the offseason, like, hey, can you update your numbers? And I said, yeah, sure. And so when I'm like, oh, I need to update my DEFCON, well, no, I need to start my DEFCON. So this is going to be the week one DEFCON levels to see where we're starting from. And then we're going to Address this again next week after the week one game. Are they trending in the right direction or are they not? That's going to be in the second half of the show. In the first half of the show, we've got a lot of news to discuss. Lay out, give you the lay of the land for this week, considering the fact that it is week one. And then we have some questions that need to be answered by the Steelers in week one. So I've got some questions for the offense, defense, and special teams. And I want to know, are they going to get answered? And if so, are they going to be positive answers or negative answers? We'll only know that on Sunday when the San Francisco 49ers roll into Acrisure Stadium. So questions to be answered in week one. Let's talk about some news first. Let's get that out of the gate. The 16-player practice squad has been finalized. There were a lot of rumors as of last week. You know, they, they signed four. They signed five. They signed four. Now they finally figured it out. They've gotten all 16. They're in. I thought a couple things were interesting. First is that Trey Norwood, who was a seventh-round draft pick a few years ago, and Zach Gentry, he was a fourth-round pick a few years ago. They were cut. We know this. They were not signed back to the practice squad. In fact, I think they're still free agents last I saw. So Trey Norwood, everyone, and, and Zach Gentry, everyone's like, oh, you know, they got cut, but they'll be back on the practice squad. They'll, they'll be back. They'll be back. They're not back. They're not back at all. So in that regard, I, I'm kind of like, okay, what is this? Norwood Gentry, maybe they have that option. People need to remember this. Players can choose what they do. So let's say the Steelers did say to Jack Gen- Zach Gentry, hey, look, we're, we're going to cut you, okay? We, just, we didn't feel it necessary to keep four. We'd love to have you on the practice squad. Maybe Zach Gentry said, practice squad? Are you kidding me? I'm not a practice squad player. I'm a starting, I'm, I'm a starting caliber tight end. Whether you believe it or not, this is what he might be saying. So Zach Gentry could have said, I don't want a practice squad spot. That's enough. Like, enough of that. I want an actual spot on the 53-man roster. So if that were the case, well, he could have just opted to not go the practice squad route, in which case the Steelers, they sign Hot Rod, the other tight end who's been performing well this offseason, training camp and preseason. Same with Trey Norwood, although he was injured. So there's a good chance that the injury might be lingering and a team's not going to want to touch him until he's healthy. That makes sense, too. Now, the other thing about the, the practice squad, and I said this on the Steelers preview uh, last Thursday with myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Davis. I feel the same way about the practice squad as I do the undrafted free agents when they're signed after the draft. And that the feeling that I have is that I really don't care. I just don't. I, I feel horrible for some of these players that get cut. 
it's exciting when they bring in some new places, maybe the new players, new faces, I should say. I just don't care. I really don't care about who they bring into the 16-man practice squad. If they are having to promote players from the practice squad to the 53-man game day roster, the Steelers have bigger issues at hand. That's the way I feel about the practice squad. It's kind of one of those situations where it's like, well, Mason Rudolph is a great QB3. He is a great QB3. But if Mason Rudolph is having to start games for the Steelers this year, that is a huge problem. And when I say it's a problem, that 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 means that you're you're on the third quarterback. Kenny Pickett's hurt. Mitch Trubisky's probably hurt. You're in dire straits. I don't want to see these practice squad players on the 53-man roster. If you want to celebrate them staying around, staying within the organization, you know, I know Dave Schofield, or it might have been Brian Davis, on the preview last week when I said that, they brought up Alejandro Villanueva. Rightfully so. There's been cases where players have gone onto the practice squad and actually turned into turned that spot on the, not roster, but the practice squad in the organization into a career. It's just very rare. So pardon me for not getting super excited over who gets named to the 16-man practice squad. Now, the injury notes. I wrote this article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com. I was scrolling through Steelers.com. A lot of times they have their weekly blog. They'll put some really great quotes in there that aren't really being talked about anywhere else. And I noticed that Nate Herbig, not Nick, Nate, older brother Nate, offensive guard, he had that shoulder injury. And I read that he said, you know, he was back at practice last week. They had those bonus practices last week where they were trying to just, you know, the they made the initial cuts down to 53 players. And so then it was like, okay, yeah, here's, we got to move forward. And he practiced. That was very notable for me for a lot of reasons. First, his shoulder is healthy enough that he's practicing. That's notable. Obviously that's notable. Second, I look at Nate Herbig and if he is not hundred percent healthy, I don't think they trade Kevin Dotson. I don't think they trade away Kendrick Green either. They are they have to be confident in Nate Herbig's health because he now is the sole veteran presence in the interior offensive line when it comes to depth. They would not have made the moves if they didn't think that he was 100% healthy. So Nate Herbig coming back to practice, great sign for the Steelers moving into week one. Hey, it's an insurance policy. Just like I said with those other positions, you don't want Nate Herbig to have to play, but if he if you do have an injury to an Isaac Sayamalo, a James Daniels, and even a, a Mason Cole, you're going to want Nate Herbig to be healthy. So that's just important to note. Now, I do want to bring this up, and my apologies if maybe something crazy happened. I've, I'm trying to wait as long as I can to record. Uh, just, man, the 49ers situation is just crazy for a lot of different angles. You know, uh, later this week, I'm going to have Rob Stats Guerrero, who covers the 49ers, on my podcast to talk about the upcoming game. But boy, have they had a lot to talk about this offseason. Brock Purdy's elbow, Trey Lance getting traded, Sam Darnold being acquired and winning the QB2 job. But now there's this Nick Bosa situation. He, as of this being recorded, remains unsigned. Everyone is assuming, they've always assumed, he'll get signed and he'll play in Pittsburgh. Now you're starting to hear some talks that, Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe what he's asking is not just to be the highest paid defender, not just to be the highest paid pass rusher. Maybe what he is asking is ludicrous to us, the common man, and even the NFL fan that follows how much these players are making. I don't know. But if he doesn't play in the game, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. And I've gone on record by saying that I think it's a big deal if even if he does play, 
And I don't think he's going to be 100%. He's not going to be able to play as many snaps as he normally would. He's been away from the team. This isn't a TJ Watt hold-in situation. Really interesting situation that's unveiling itself in San Francisco prior to this week one regular season game. Which, let's talk about that for a second. I want to talk about the coverage that we're going to have for you here at Steel Curtain Network. Not just my show, but all all across the network. So we're going to have our regular coverage for you. We're going to give you everything that you would possibly need to get yourselves mentally ready for this upcoming game. I'm going to have, I have definitely Rob Stats Carrera is going to join me later in the week. We will find time for the All Bets Are Off segment. The reason why these things are kind of fluctuating is that there is a chance that I have a really great guest coming up sometime this week. Fingers crossed I can get this thing solidified. If not, I'm going to shoot for next week. I'm not going to push this guest away. Uh, It's a former player. Said he would want to be on the show. It's just a matter of finalizing details. So be on the lookout for that. I can't guarantee anything just yet, but still, there's some good guests coming up on the Let's Ride podcast. A lot of good content. Remember, I'm going to be the one that is going to be delivering things like the Know Your Enemy style section segment of uh, the weekly regular season slate of games, meaning like this this week, Rob is going to join me to talk about the San Francisco 49ers, and so you can get to know what there's, what's going on with them. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? I'm going to do that week by week. So that's going to be right here on the Let's Ride podcast. Other than that, on the Steel Curtain Network website, steelcurtainnetwork.com, we're going to have hopefully everything that you would possibly want leading up to the game. Injury reports, the latest breaking news, Um, If there's any changes in something like a depth chart, we're going to have great commentary and features. Be on the lookout for that. I think that's something that everyone's going to be excited for. Uh, We're going to focus, I'm going to focus more on San Francisco later in the week, Wednesday and Friday. This show, the rest of this first half is going to be all about the Steelers. I want to focus on the Steelers heading into week one. What's their approach? And again, those questions that need to be answered. So again, I went offense, defense, special teams, Three questions for offense, three questions for defense, and then two for special teams. And I want to know, can they be answered on Sunday at 1 o'clock Pittsburgh time when the Steelers and 49ers go head-to-head? So offense, let's start there. Is this going to continue to be an explosive group? We saw this in the preseason. uh, 33-yard touchdown from Pickett to Pickens against Tampa Bay. We saw the big plays against Buffalo outside the red zone. Touchdown to Pat Fryermuth. We saw Jalen Warren's 62-yard touchdown run. Those are just examples. We also saw against Tampa Bay Calvin Austin get behind the defense. That wasn't the starters, but still it was notable. Is that explosive nature of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense going to continue? That's the question. We're not going to know this until we actually get into the nuts and bolts, the details of the regular season. If you listen to my show on Friday, phenomenal conversation with Tim Benz of Trib Live. He talked about how he saw what he wanted to see. Now it's just a matter of how are they going to deal with any type of negative plays that might happen on the offense? How do they respond? That's what he wants to see. Missed that conversation. Go back and check it out. So the first question, explosive group, are they going to be an explosive offense? Well, they're going to have to connect on those plays. We'll see if they can do that. Next question, offensive line dominance. You know, they've made some moves on the offensive line. Gone is Kevin Dotson. Gone is Kendrick Green. We talked about that already in the show. You insert Isaac Samalo, huge upgrade. You bring in Nate Herbig. He's a he is a guy that's going to come downhill and move bodies. You draft Broderick Jones. Now he's not going to start right away, but still, Dan Moore and Chooks a core four. Mason Cole. That's your group. Can they be dominant? 
Is this, you know, we all said, hey, Andy Weidel, he's going to try and build that offensive line like they did in Philadelphia. Is this Philly 2.0? That is the question that I really want to see answered. I pray that it's a yes. If they can be dominant up front, they can do whatever they want. Run it, throw it. That is what the Steelers need. Will they get there? We will find out. Last question on the offense. Points galore. Are the Steelers going to be able to go out and just score a bunch of points? That's interesting. Last season, we all know 18.1. That's not going to cut it. It's still a shock. Said this on Friday's show. It's still a shock to me that they had 18.1 points per game last year as an offense and still almost made the playoffs. It's insane. It's got to be better. They've got to improve their red zone. They've got to put points on the board. Can they Can they do it? Can they be a high-scoring offense? Not just a high-flying, a high-scoring offense. We'll see. Let's go to the defensive side. Talk about you know specific positions, and you talk about what the team can do with the talent they have. Is this Blitzberg again? We've talked about this in the past, and these, these defenses that the Steelers have deployed that are really good at getting to the quarterback. I'm not sure if this is going to be that type of defense. We'll see. That outside linebacker depth of it. When was the last time we had players that had fans as excited as they are now? We all know TJ Watt. We all know Alex Highsmith coming off that brand new contract. Then you have Marcus Golden and then Nick Herbig. Fourth round draft pick. He's coming in and playing with his hair on fire. Phenomenal preseason. Maybe they can rely on... Are they, well, I guess another question... I'm going to answer this question with another question. Are they going to have to rely on the blitz to get home? That's something else I want to see. The next question is takeaway Kings. Are they going to continue to be takeaway artists? Last season, the the Steelers defense tied the NFL lead in interceptions. Are they going to follow that trend with that revamped secondary? Cornerbacks, safeties, all of it. Will they be able to do that and be at or near the top of the NFL lead when it comes to takeaways. Last question for the defense is, I feel like every season there's a surprise contributor. Last year I would say it would possibly be someone like Larry Ogunjobi. Even someone like Alex Highsmith. Players that you thought were really good, quality players, but are they really going to contribute a ton? Who's going to be that surprise contributor this year? Maybe it's someone like Nick Herbig. Maybe it's someone like Quan Alexander. Maybe it's someone like DeMonte KZ or Keanu Neal. Who are going to be those surprise contributors? That's what I want to see, and hopefully we get an early glimpse of that this Sunday in Week 1. Now let's go to special teams before we take a break. Really it comes down to one word, and you can put this in a question mark, and that is consistency. Is there going to be consistency from the kickers? Big Press, Wizard of Boz, Chris Boswell, and Presley Harvin. That's ultimately what we as fans want to see from our special teams. We want to see big-time punts when they need to flip the field. When you're pinned back in your own end, you need to flip the field. You need to get that punt that is not just a long punt, but is high enough that your coverage units can go down there and limit return yards. From a kicking perspective, outside of the debacle of, I think it was 2018 with Chris Boswell, he didn't have a good year last year. Is he going to right the ship? Be super consistent, super reliable. That's what we want to see. Lastly, can we expect big plays at big moments? And this isn't just a game-winning kick or a punt out of your own end. It's Think about the Buffalo game two years ago where Miles Killebrew got his hand on a punt, and I believe it was Ulysses Gilbert III recovered it for a touchdown. 
Think back to last year in week one, Minka Fitzpatrick, when they realized they had a backup long snapper, blocks the extra point, sending the game into overtime in Cincinnati that the Steelers eventually win. Is this special teams unit? Calvin Austin III returning punts. Is he going to be that explosive playmaker the Steelers have lacked on special teams? Is it going to happen? Are they going to have those big plays and big moments? You hope that from your special teams. I hope that it all happens, but we're not going to get answers to these questions just yet. We're not going to find out till the proverbial real bullets start to fly. Sunday, San Francisco coming to town. All right, that does it for me in the first half. In the second half, I'm going to start those DEFCON updates. We're going to start with where I feel about different positions, where's what's good, what's bad, what's in the middle. We'll talk about it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steelers fans, welcome back. Second half of the show. Excited for you all to join me as we get geared up, not just for week one, but we talk about these DEFCON levels. I started this beginning of last season. It reminded me of the scene in Animal House when the Steelers are two and six, everything's going bad. And I felt like Kevin Bacon sometimes as the very end of Animal House. If you're too young, don't watch it yet. Wait till your parents say it's okay. But those of you that have listened for a long time and you know that you're old enough that you've seen the movie Animal House, there's a scene at the end where the parade's happening and all hell's breaking loose. Kevin Bacon is standing there in his, I would imagine it's something like an ROTC uniform, a military uniform saying, remain calm, all is well. Because things were going haywire when the Steelers were two and six, heading into the bye week, coming off the debacle in Philadelphia. It was ugly. So I started this last year. And I just kept it going. I'm going to keep it going for this season as well. So there's these are the new starting points for 2023. No longer are we looking back to where we were last year. These are the new starting points. So yes, preseason, you are going to get some basis on that. That's going to, that's going to kind of tie in with some of the stuff that we're doing. Okay? So we're going to start as we always do, offensive side. Remember, for those of you that might just be tuning in for the first time, you have five is good. If it's a DEFCON level five, that means, hey, everything's good. No worries. We're good. But if it's a DEFCON level one, that's when things are going bad in a hurry. So we'll start on the offensive side of the football with the quarterback. We know Kenny Pickett's the guy. Last year we were talking about, well, Mitch is going to get the start. But what about Kenny Pickett? When will, It's not if he'll play. It's when he'll play. So I'm going to say quarterback is a four. I have it at a four. And you might say, well, Jeff, he had a perfect preseason. Like, What else is there? What else is there he's got to do it when it matters the most? So if he goes out in week one and he just lights it up and he's shredding the 49ers defense and the offense is prolific and explosive, this number could go to five really quick. But as of right now, I'm just keeping it at a four, okay? Next, let's go to the pass catchers, tight ends, wide receivers. Again, have it as a four. I could easily have convinced myself to start at a five. It's really tough for me to put any position group at a five to start the season when I haven't even seen him play in a regular season game. But I went with a four. Really like the tight end group this year. I think Connor Hayward's one of those players that if I would have asked the same question on offense that I did the defense, who could be the surprise contributor? I'm going to go with Connor Hayward on offense. I think he's that type of player. 
Wide receivers, I wrote this article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com over the weekend, and it was about Allen Robinson who went on the Jim Rome show, and he was talking about the wide receiver room and how he just loves the wide receiver room. He thinks it's one of the best rooms that he's been in since he's been in the league. You know, he spent time in Jacksonville, spent time in Chicago, obviously spent time in L.A. as well. He talked about how there's different flavors, you know, and everyone does something a little different. And then you also look at the fact that you're talking about a leader for once in Allen Robinson, a, a guy they haven't had a leader, a true genuine leader in the wide receiver room since Heinz Ward retired. It's been that long, people. I really hope you realize that. So when you have all these things together, George Pickens is great. I love Deontay Johnson for what he does well. I, I, I love the tight ends, as I mentioned. You throw in Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin brings a new dynamic. Yeah, a different flavor is absolutely spot on. I got him at a four. I have him at a four. Let's go to the running back room. You know, Anthony McFarlane, everyone's wondering, is he going to make the team? Is he not? The Steelers do keep him. I don't think he's going to be active on game days. I think that with the addition of Desmond King, the cornerback, uh, when they signed him, when the Houston Texans cut him, he'll probably handle some return duties, probably kickoff returns. He's done it before. He's been successful at it. So they have options. I don't think Anthony McFarlane, like I said, I don't think he's going to get an actual game day helmet. He'll probably be inactive, but still, I have it at a four because I like Najee Harris. I actually love Najee Harris. I think he's going to be really great, and I love Jalen Warren. We've talked about this, people. If you're someone out there that says, why does that? Why, why can't it be this and that and the other? It doesn't have to be that way. You can seriously have a situation where, oh, my gosh, we can have two running backs that will both do things differently but are both really good. Offensive line, the offensive line, I have them at a four as well. The depth, I've got the, a little bit of hesitancy there if you're relying on Spencer Anderson to be a guy that's going to come in and play significant snaps that's a problem so you hope Nate Herbig can fill any void that's made by an injury you hope you don't have those injuries but the odds and likelihood of that happening for a second straight year are slim so the offensive DEFCON straight down the board fours I think we would all probably agree on that you could maybe convince me of a five here there but all fours so let's go to the defensive side the defensive backs you're talking about it's really, it's it's all new. Outside of Minka Fitzpatrick and Levi Wallace, it is all new. So you have Patrick Peterson. You've got Joey Porter Jr. You've got, yeah, DeMonte Casey's back. I recognize that. But you have Elijah Riley, who's there now, and Chandon Sullivan's there now. And you have Keanu Neal is there now. That's a lot of change. And I'm not sure if this is going to look smooth right out of the gate. This is one of those where you pray the pass rush gets to the quarterback. I've got it as a three, and this is not performance-based. This is not Jeff saying, I didn't like what I saw in the preseason. This is just, I think it's going to take some time for them to gel. So I'm going to have it start as a three for the defensive backs. That's cornerbacks and safeties. Next, let's go to inside linebacker. I know that they, they completely overhauled that position as well. Mark Robinson's the only returning player. You've got Quan Alexander. You've got Cole Holcomb, and you've got a Landon Roberts. I just, again, I want to see it. I have it starting as a three because I want to see it. And I also am curious about this week one matchup. We'll talk about like more of the minutia. Who are they going to play? Is this going to be an Landon Roberts game, thinking they're going to run the ball? Or is this going to be a Quan Alexander game? I don't know. I don't know. Tim Benz, I mentioned that podcast on Friday. He talked about how the Steelers' defense is now more mix and match. 
I like that, but how are they going to match up against an offense as good as uh, San Fran? So I've got it as a three. That inside linebacker group is a three. Next, let's go to outside linebacker. Talked about that depth in the first half. Tremendous. Love it. But I'm going to go the four just because, again, I find it very difficult to be able to give fives when I haven't seen them play in the regular season yet. Defensive line, again, I like Larry Ogunjobi. I love Keanu Benton, the rookie. I think they've added good depth in Armand Watts. Isaiah Loudermook is continuing to improve to Marvin Leal. Cam Hayward is Cam Hayward. We know that. Four. I've got it as a four based on the fact that the defensive line, again, Larry Ogunjobi is very, his injury past scares me a little bit. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but I want to see them go out there and show that rotation and don't rely on Cam Hayward to play to some crazy, ridiculous number of snaps. So the defense, defensive backs and inside linebacker threes, outside linebacker, I'm sorry, yeah, outside linebacker and defensive line fours. Let's finish with special teams. I still have the hesitancy from the lack of consistency over the years from Presley Harvin and Chris Boswell off, off last year. So we're starting them low. We're going to start them at a three. We're just going to start at a three, and then we're just going to let it go with that. That's where we're going with that. So, again, special teams starting at three. But everyone's pretty at a four. That's pretty good. It's pretty good that the, the Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, Mike Tom, and the front office have done a good enough job of creating this roster and cultivating this roster that is a really, really solid roster. That's what I'm excited about. You should be excited as well. So I know it's a little bit shorter show today, but we've got a lot of stuff coming at you this week. I hope you're all ready for it. I know I'm excited for it. It's finally Steelers football is back. Can't come soon enough. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it this year. That's my goal. That's my my mantra for this year. I'm just going to enjoy the heck out of this upcoming NFL season and this Steelers season. So that does it for me. I hope you check me out on Wednesday. Like I said, I'm hoping for that guest to pull through. I can't make any guarantees, but make sure you check me out on Wednesday. Be on the lookout for the mailbag tweet. I almost forgot. Mailbag tweet on Tuesday morning. I put the tweet out. Find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You ask the question. I provide the answer live on the show on Wednesday. So there you have it, folks. I hope you're ready. Hope you're Labor Day holiday was great. Maybe you're catching this on Tuesday instead of Monday because you weren't at work. That's fine. That is not a problem. Hope you had a great holiday. Hope you have a great start to your week. You know how we finished it up here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers.